Uh, I, I'm a little rattled, and so I'm probably going to fumble through uh, this sermon. Uh, my morning started off great and then rough. I, uh, I destroyed PJ uh, in, uh, in Cornhole. Uh, PJ is an 11-year-old running production. That's pretty awesome. And, uh, and so then we played Connect Four, uh, and I talked a lot of trash, as I do, um, and he beat me. And the worst thing is, he didn't know he beat me. I had to point out that he beat me. Uh, and so uh, I was like, okay, we're one and one. Uh, next up, uh, let's play tic-tac-toe, because a grown man has never lost to a, a kid in tic-tac-toe. And then he beat me. And, uh, and so I've lost uh, two out of three to an 11-year-old today. And so I don't even know how to preach anymore. I, I'm questioning uh, everything about my life. Uh, and so uh, here, here we are. Uh, have you guys ever been there where uh, you said yes to an invite? And then you showed up and you were like, man, this is a much bigger deal than I thought. Like, I didn't realize what I was saying yes to. Or maybe the opposite of that where you said a no to an invite and then you, then you saw on social media or heard from friends, you're like, oh my goodness, I really should have uh, said yes to that. Uh, a similar a situation kind of like that happened to me this past week on, uh, on Tuesday. I got invited uh, to represent Wellspring and go out and talk uh, with Converge. They had this conference about, they called it Re uh, global missions, uh, evangelism is kind of bringing everybody from globally from Converge into one into one church uh, and just having a little bit of a conference. And so they asked if, hey, could I come and talk about Focus 210? That's the kind of the process we went through to land on Brazil. And uh, I was like, oh man, that sounds so great, but uh, my church has this little bit of a deficit right now and I, we really can't swing this. And uh, they're like, oh, okay. Um, and then they were like, oh man, can, can you try? I was like, well, you know what, Graham? Uh, Graham is awesome with the video. Uh, he's great at the camera and whatnot. Why don't we just send you a video? And they got back to me a few weeks later and they're like, no, like, you coming and talking would be would be great. I was like, well, I really can't. And they're like, well, it's just it's just a three minute talk. Could you come for like a three minute talk? I was like, man, it's a three minute talk. Why do we care about this? And and so I was like, fine. They're, they're like, hey, we will pay for your ticket. I was like, you're gonna pay for me to come and do a three minute talk? All right. Uh, and so I was like, I talked to the elders. I talked to my wife. I was like, hey, can I swing this? Like it's Denver. I was like, and uh, and so we found a ticket that left Newark at 6:20 or 6:30 in the morning. Got back at 12:30 uh, right after midnight. Long stinking day, uh, but we were able to do it. And when I showed up, I did not realize what a big deal this conference was. Uh, people were coming up to me and saying, Jason, so much is riding on your three-minute talk. That's going to provide for us a lot of ministry. I was like, Have you ever spoken? for three minutes like this is a lot of pressure uh, and, and then but really what I walk away with this is what I wanted to share with you guys I heard two things there that mo mo will probably motivate me for the rest of my life in ministry they said 70,000 people die each day that do not have access to the gospel as a Christian that broke me <laughs> They talked about how we've had this great commission, go into all the world, sharing the gospel, and that Jesus isn't going to come back until every tongue, every nation has an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. And they looked at the numbers and they said, one third of the world does not have access to the gospel. And until it's three thirds, <laughs> Jesus isn't coming back. And we as Christians, we say, come Lord Jesus, come, right? Like we want that. One third of the world still needs to hear about Jesus. I am so thankful that God uh, worked in my life to say yes to that invite and that it worked it out. Have you been there though where you didn't realize what a big deal or what God might do in, like, in saying yes or no to an invite? In this room, 
We have two camps when it comes to an invite. At the end of the day, all of our lives are going to kick the proverbial literal bucket, uh, and we are going to die. And, and what will happen is that Jesus will invite some of us, or he has invited some of us to, he invited all of us to the table. And some of us that will go to the table are those that have said yes to the invite to, say, to, to sit with Jesus for all of eternity. But then there will be this other camp that rejected the invite and do not spend eternity with God. There is no middle ground. It's those that said yes to the invite and those that said uh, uh, no to the invite. That's where we all will fall when it comes to the end of time. Now, if you've been following along with us, you're probably thinking, Jason, what are we talking about? We've been having this dinner party looking at Matthew four, or Luke chapter 14. Jesus has been putting some religious leaders on blast. Like, you need to show more compassion. You need not to be a hypocrite. You need to do good. Like, like putting them on blast. So what is all this, like, two camps talk? It's a reminder to us that we're all invited to a table, to a party, that's going to happen whether or not we accept the invite or not. It's just a matter of if we'll be at the table. This is what gets brought up by a guy who, who's looking at this, this table. And here's, here, let, me, let me just go into it. It says this in Luke chapter 14. He says, when one of those who reclined at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, blessed is everyone who will eat bread uh, in the kingdom of God. There's this guy sitting at the table who's, who's been witnessing Jesus, but all of these religious people that are working so well, and he, Jesus has been putting them on blast, and this guy's like, man, this is getting awkward. Uh, and so he just blurts out, hey, the kingdom of God. <laughs> like, that's going to be great, isn't it? And, and Jesus is like, okay, like, uh, I see what you're doing here. And then he tells this story, this parable uh, to make a point. He says this, he says, blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. But he said to him, um, uh, a man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time, uh, and at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say, those who have been invited come uh, for everything is now ready ready. But they all alike uh, began to make excuses. Human nature now still plays out, right? And the first uh, said to him, uh, I have bought a field. I must go out and I must see it. Uh, uh, please, please. He's being polite. Please have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen. I go to examine them. Please, being polite, have me excused. Another said, I have married a, uh, married a wife, uh, and therefore I cannot uh, come. What Jesus is pointing out is uh, uh, something that we would be kind of maybe foreign to in that culture, the party, the dinner, that was a very big deal. Here is a host that would have gone out to people and said, hey, I want to invite you to a party. By saying yes to it, that is your RSVP, I am going to show up. And now the host is able to make uh, preparations and know who's coming to the party. But then what, the, what, would do, what they would do in that culture is they would then send out a slave and say, hey, the meal is ready. You have said yes to this, this invite, and now is the time to come to the party, to the people that have already committed to it. They knew in advance that this was coming, and they said yes to it. And they make these excuses. I can't make it. If we were to kind of liken it to maybe some of like our modern day maybe excuses, it, it would be excuses like housework, excuses like uh, family obligations, or, or or maybe it would, or maybe financial obligations, things like that. These common everyday excuses, things that aren't necessarily bad, things things that are probably very legitimate, and they're all being very nice to the host, saying, "Hey, please, I really I can't make it." They're probably presuming on the hosts, hosts uh, being so nice and such a loving person that, hey, this person will understand. But they've already RSVP'd. And none of these things are like unknowns. 
These are things that would take time to put into motion. You've already said, yes, you're not caught off guard by these things. Now, what are we be liking to, to you and I RSVPing to something and then not going for some lame reason, and that would be an offense to the host. And so now it puts this host uh, in a dilemma. Sh- dilemma. Uh, do I have the party or, or do, I, do I wait for these people? And, and what we'll see is he decides to still have the party because you know what? People don't desire it and they make excuses like this. Guess what human nature is? They're going to keep making excuses. They're going to keep making excuses. And so the host will decide to have the party uh, anyway. And, uh, and so uh, when I was in Brazil with the team, uh, Maddie, Brandon, uh, Heather, and Graham, uh, my wife, we were all there. We were kind of learning the uh, Brazilian culture, learning all of this. And uh, what, what blew my mind in the Brazilian culture is they don't have a leisure industry. Because we were there, and we didn't really have any pockets of time, but uh, they didn't have, like, you couldn't go spend money on mini golf or laser tag or, or anything that would be fun. They have no uh, leisure industry. Okay, so then we noticed that, and that was one thing. Uh, and then our, de- our, our hotel was uh, right next to a mall, and then one day I was like, I'm I need coffee. Uh, and so I went over to the mall. There was a little cafe in the back. And, uh, and so like through my Google Translate, I was trying to say like coffee to go, uh, please. Uh, and, uh, and they kind of just looked at me like I was crazy. But it wasn't because I was American. <laughs> they looked at me crazy because uh, in the Brazilian culture, they, they like people. Uh, and they like to spend time with people. It's the stupidest thing in the world. Uh, and so they gave me this coffee in a solo cup. And I was like, won't that melt? And then they double cupped it. And I was like, I'm probably going to be drinking plastic at some point. Uh, and so I took my to-go cup in a literal uh, clear solo cup and was walking around the mall trying to chug my hot coffee. And people were staring at me because a to-go cup of coffee does not happen in the Brazilian culture because they want to sit down, spend time, and actually care about people. It is the dumbest thing in the world. Uh, and so, uh, no, I, I kid, obviously. Uh, and, and so like, what, what it showed me was... They have a culture that can spend time with people. Sunday after uh, Sunday afternoon, I got to spend time with a pastor, and that's uh, that's here. Uh, this is uh, this is the the main pastor of the church that's down there, and uh, they had a pavilion uh, in a in a in a in a park. And what was crazy was there were so many people there. It was like three in the afternoon. There was a guy sleeping in a hammock. What life is that? Uh, and this is what they did. And then they had church uh, in the evening. It was there that uh, this guy. Uh, this is a, a grill where you put all the coals down below, and then there's a, a crate like kind of right at the top. And he would, had like uh, steaks on like the, the stick or whatever, the sear or whatever. And uh, and he would come over to my plate and just cut off <laughs> this juicy uh, steaks right onto my plate, warm. It was it was delightful. But I didn't see any cell phones. <laughs> Ava and I were the only ones. That cell phones hell. Uh, it was like they were actually investing into each other. They weren't too busy for what was before them making excuses. Corey Ten Boom is quoted by John Mark Comer to say this. Uh, Corey Ten Boom uh, said that if the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. And there's truth in that. Uh, both sin and business have the exact same effect. Uh, they cut off your attention to God and to other people and even to your soul. I think we're really good at pruning out sometimes, pruning out the bad things in our life. Those are easy things to identify. This is bad for me, and I'm, I know it's bad, but I'm going to keep on doing it, or I know it's bad, I'm going to cut it out. Here's where I think as an American society that we are terrible at, pruning out the good things. 
Too many of us have good thing, good thing, good thing, good thing, because that's the excuses they made, all these good things. And if we're chasing good here, good here, good, 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 then that will be the enemy of us accomplishing anything great. We will never accomplishing any, we will never accomplish anything great if we're always pursuing so many good things. Good is the enemy to great. And we'll say things like, I'm too busy for Jesus. We'll say things like, I, I can't do this. It requires uh, too much time. And these are all nice ways to eventually get to the point where we're talking about life and we're talking about Jesus and we're, we're, we're talking about faith. And we'll, we'll say, we'll, we'll blurt out something like, you know what? It's just a busy season. I can't get to that. It's not a busy season. Because the last season was busy. <laughs> and the season before that was busy. It's always a busy season. It took a worldwide pandemic <laughs> to get us away from busyness. And yet, <laughs> some of us have fallen back into that same area of busyness. We'll, we'll, come, to, we'll come to the table. We'll be, considering, we'll be considering Jesus. And it's not like we have this, like, oh, Jesus this. We have like all these issues with Jesus. Oh, I could never do this. Some of us do, but most of us don't. What's keeping most of us from Jesus is that we're too busy to hear the voice of God. We're on to the next thing. We're on to the next thing. We're on. We're trying to find better, better, better. Great, great, great. And you know what? If we would just slow down and consider Jesus, we would find that he sits on top of the list of great things and that there is no next. There is no better. He is there and he's there to be had. If we would slow down, stop making excuses and say, yes, to the invite. Jesus goes on and he says, so the servant came and reported these things to, to his master. Then the master of the house became angry. And he said to his servant, go out quickly to the streets, uh, the lanes of the city, uh, and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and, and the lame. And the servant said, sir, what you have commanded has been done, and there is still room at this table for this party. And the master said to, to the servant, go to the highways, the hedges, and compel, uh, beg people, plead with people to come in, that my house may be filled a desire to have the table all filled up. For I tell you, none of these men who were invited shall taste my banquet. Rather, rather than wait for the people that said no to the invite, this party is going to go on. And here's how it's going to go on. It's going to go on with people typically excluded from the party. Now the lame, now those in far off countries, now those that would not have had an invite in the first place, now they're getting invited. Many of these people, they don't even know the host. But now they have a slave going out there and trying to compel them. No, this is a party you want to come to. You should come to. I'm going to keep this going. And until this table is filled, like that is when we're going to have the party. And so the slave goes out with great urgency. This is a picture. What Jesus is painting a picture of through this story is the messianic banquet where Jesus and I, and you and I who have placed faith in Jesus, get to have a seat at the table. There's an open spot for you for all of eternity. You sit at the table with Jesus. Plenty of verses about this, but let me read to you uh, Psalm 23. It says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. That if, enemy, if, if busyness is an enemy that keeps us from God, when we finally sit down and all those voices that are trying to busy us away from Jesus, we get to sit with God. That voice that says, you're not worthy of God. You've done too much wrong. Yeah, sure, God, God might love you, but he could never like you. All of those voices that Jesus wants to have a seat at the table with you. 
that God would be symbolized in this, in this host. Like ho- the host is, is a symbolic person of God, that he's inviting people to the table. Why is Jesus sharing this? He's sharing this, and remember the context of the story. He's talking to religious leaders. They are Israelites. They think that they get an automatic seat at the table because they've done such good things, and they have their heritage of being an Israelite that grants them automatic and automatic seat at the table. Jesus is saying, no, you have to accept the invite just like anybody else. And if you think you're, you're going to be fooled when now you see, I'm going to the ends of the earth to find more and more people to come to the table. For the Jewish person hearing this, Jesus is saying, I'm going to go to the Gentiles. I'm going to go to the people that you hate, the people that you think are not worthy of the gospel message of Jesus Christ. I'm going to them. I'm going to all the ends of the earth to fill this table. I want my table filled with the people that you and your society consider the worst of the worst of the worst. People that you would say are never worthy of Jesus. Jesus is saying, I want them. This party is going to happen. Whether or not you you attend, this party is going to happen. And I wish most of us would, would feel like so privileged at saying, hey, I have an invite to a table with Jesus. But so many of us fall, fall prey to, man, I'm so mad that God would reject people that don't accept the invite. Could we just pause and say, God, thank you that you invite every single person to the table. This is an open invitation to all of us. And those that choose to say yes to the invite get to celebrate with God for all of eternity. There is no strings attached. You just say yes to the invite. And those that reject it, they don't get to participate at the table. They are not there. They are not there for the celebration. They, they spend their eternity away from the table, not sitting with Jesus. <laughs> I mentioned last week, uh, we had a crazy, a crazy awesome week uh, last weekend. We had uh, over 60 people at this uh, night of worship uh, on the beach at, at Shelter Cove. It was awesome. We had four people get baptized. Uh, then we were at, uh, at Wellspring Bavel. We had a whole slew of people there having pizza and pasta and a whole bunch of things there. And uh, it was just an awesome weekend. In that sermon last week, if you had watched it or if you were there, uh, you remember me talking about uh, that a few, weeks, uh, a few weeks ago, I thought we had one of our best Sundays ever. It wasn't about attendance. It wasn't about giving. It was just a great weekend of impact. And, and there was two people there, two families that were there that I, I texted them later on in the afternoon saying, hey, I am so thankful that you were there because you had an impact. It was uh, the Good Hughes. You can see their pictures here. The Good Hughes, uh, they, went to, they were at church in the morning, and then they went to Legoland. Like, look at their kids. They are the most adorable little kids. Uh, and so they, they were here in the morning, and then they went to Legoland in the afternoon. They're engineers, so of course they would go to Legoland and learn engineering or whatever. And, uh, and then we had also uh, the Rajas, uh, who were here in the morning. And again, adorable family. And, uh, and they were here. They were helping lead worship and, and serving here. And then they went to Six Flags in the evening. And, and my point in saying this is, you know what? We never had a meeting saying, you know what? If the Rogers and the Goodhues can't make it, should we still have church? <laughs> church is going to happen either way. But church was better because they were here. And it, whether or not they attend, it, it, whether or not you attend, church is still going to happen. I, I can guarantee you, minus snow perhaps, uh, it's going to happen every single Sunday. Sunday comes every seven days. Uh, and, and what is better is when we are here investing into each other. And that's what I saw uh, with these two families. So as church is going to happen, uh, in eternity there is a table for you and I to sit with God Almighty. When you think about that word compel, guess what that means? 
God wants you at the table. Think about that. I have garbage in my life. I have garbage in my past. Garbage that I would never tweet about. You have garbage. You probably have hidden messages on your phone that if they ever got leaked, cancel culture, you out. But Jesus doesn't look at anybody and say, before I, even, like, before I even offer the invite, they're canceled. Jesus looks at you knowing everything you have ever done. And, can, and society can say that you are a piece of trash. But the thing I love about my Jesus is that he don't make trash. That he looks at you and says, I want you to have a seat at the table with me. You can choose between a busy world or eternal life. You can choose between the demands of this life or, and the need of family, or you can say yes to the offer of salvation. But it's yours to choose. In the end, there will be heaven. In the end, there will be hell. But we need to choose to say yes or no to the invite. I read, yeah, I read a lot of books about leadership and business, and they always talk about if you want to win at, fill in the blanks. You want to win at, fill in the blanks. I know I'm going to go home. I'm going to Google how to win at Connect Four. I'm going to Google how to win at Tic-Tac-Toe, and there will be a meet, rematch where I can crush PJ. I love winning. <laughs> but when it comes to winning for all of eternity, you know how that starts? Here's our big thought for this experience. Winning starts with a Yes. You want to die or winner? You might die. You might have a thousand, a thousand losses under your belt. A loss in your marriage. A loss in your finances. A loss in your work. A loss in things that you've done. A loss, a loss, a loss. But to say yes to Jesus, you die a winner. Because to have those losses where sin is such, like, yeah, like our sin would, would distance us from the table. Like if you think about holy God, you think about how awesome God is, how perfect God is. There is no one here, not a single person that can paint a picture of holiness when God knows everything about your life. So all of that would keep us distant from the table. But God so loved the world. What did he do? He sent his son, the perfect son of God, to live perfectly and your sin, all of your garbage that would distance us from the table. God says, I want you at the table, but death is demanded on your life because of your sin. So I will send my son. He will die in your place. And the wrath of God can only be satisfied through a death. That is the penalty. And so he sends Jesus. And Jesus does it. He lives perfectly, and then for joy, joy for you and I, goes to the cross. And then he offers us life. But how is he going to offer us life if death can keep him down? And so three days later, he rises like a boss, saying, death has nothing on me. I can offer you life. And it starts with faith in Jesus Christ. And then he, he looks at humanity and says, the offer is there. You just got to take it. You gotta stop making excuses. You gotta stop delaying. You gotta stop saying, hey, maybe tomorrow, maybe tomorrow, maybe tomorrow, because at some point there won't be a tomorrow. 
I had a meeting uh, a, few, uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, the Vandekoys are here, and I, I apologize. I didn't ask you permission to share this, but I'm going to share it anyways. Uh, I love spending time uh, with Peter. Uh, I, I meet with him probably twice a year, maybe every six months, uh, and Peter is just, to me, like one of the most interesting men on the planet uh, And because he's in housing and development. And uh, yes, like, like, I, like housing and development, like, but here's what I love about his heart. <laughs> Peter's heart is he's in it to help those in low-income areas, to make sure every town has low income to help people that maybe can't help themselves or to make sure that, that if someone has a desire to do that, that they can, they can find a way and like rules and regulations. Like he is, he is a super smart guy and like speaks way over my head, but his heart <laughs> is to love people. And so we were emailing back and forth about scheduling a meeting, and it was all good and groovy. Uh, I was like, hey, meetings with me it takes about two and a half weeks to, to get a meeting on my calendar. And so we were, we were blah, 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 blah. And finally, like, it was, I think it was a Wednesday morning maybe, and uh, 7.30, hey, we'll meet at Starbucks. Because everybody loves Starbucks. And, uh, and so we were, we were scheduled to do that. And uh, we agreed on it over email. Blah, 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 blah. And then on a Wednesday, I get an email at 7.38 <laughs> that says, hey, I'm at Starbucks. That's the tone, I thought. Uh, and I was like, oh, crud. I knew instantly I had forgotten one big step. I failed to put it on my calendar. <laughs> that one step led to an email where I was like, dude, I am so sorry. <laughs> I forgot to put it on my calendar. And so he was so gracious, and we put it back on my calendar. We, we rescheduled it, and after I put it back on my calendar, I put 45 notifications on my phone to make sure I would not miss this again. And we had a great, a great conversation. There was that one step that was needed that missed, I missed it, and then I ended up messing up and whatnot. I want you guys to think about that verse that Nicole read earlier again. That God made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God. That God in his love for you, knowing everything you have ever done, wants to take your sin and place it on the Son of God. That God would die in your place and say, you know what? That sin isn't, no, no, not, no, not, not that sin, not that sin. Not, but that all of our brokenness, that God might become sin, not some sin, all sin. So that what? We might become the righteousness of God. That you have the ability to sit at this table, not as a sinner, but as somebody who's righteous in the eyes of God Almighty. And if you hear that voice in your head right now that says, I am not worthy to sit at the table with Jesus, you send that lie right now to the pit of hell. Because God says, I want you at the table. He died in your place. He rose again so you could have life forever with him. You have a seat at the table. Well, what does the verse say? So that we, what? What's that word? Might. It's not a guarantee. And so the choice is yours today. You don't know your next breath. You don't know how the car ride home is going to go. You don't know if you have tomorrow, but you do know you have this very moment. Stop making excuses. Stop delaying. Now is the time because you have it to say yes to relationship with Jesus, to say yes to the invite. 
And so I asked the team, uh, I was listening to Spotify a few, a few uh, months ago, whatever it was, uh, that, that if we could play this song, uh, I think it's called Love Story, at the close of this series. So I'm just going to invite you guys to stay seated. Just reflect on this song. If you've never said yes to the invite to a relationship with Jesus right now, would you reflect upon this song? And then I'll, I'll come back up and just say a few more things, inviting you to say yes. Sting, uh, Nelton, sing with me. Sit and take it in. <laughs> If you think, uh, hey, we must have known you were coming, and so we, uh, we preached because someone told, uh, told me that you were coming, uh, you'd be wrong. We planned this out six months in advance, so it's, it's God that brings you here. Uh, if you're in the room saying, hey, you know what? I'm one of those people. The, burning, the building is going to burn down when I show up. <laughs> Jesus is, refers to himself as living water. <laughs> He's pretty good at putting out fires, <laughs> even if you come in here on fire. <laughs> Jesus can quench any fire. <laughs> so I want to invite you to say yes to relationship with Jesus. The invite is yours, but you do have to s- s- step out and receive it and to take it. It's like any gift. It can be yours if you take it, but it, it's not yours if you don't take it. Even if it has your name on it, it doesn't become yours unless you take it. <laughs> Jesus wants you at his table. There's a seat for you, and there's an invite being offered to you right now. And so if that is you, Romans talks about believing in our heart, confessing with our mouth, and you will be saved. I want to invite you right now to say yes to Jesus and confess that through prayer. Would you guys all bow with me? God, I pray in this moment, knowing that you brought every single person to this room, that there is not a soul here that is here by accident, that there is not a soul here that is watching by accident, Father. You have great purpose. You give us great purpose, and you bring people here with purpose. And so, Father, right now, if there are anybody that is, has been making excuse, making excuse, or maybe I delay, I'm going to delay, I'll, I'll get it ready when I'm later, I'll get it when I work out this, I'll get it when I do this. No, Jesus, you want us all right now, as we are, you desire us, and you want to transform us to be more like your son, making today the starting point to a life changed by you. And so if that's anybody in this room that has, is finally at the point where they want to believe it and, and confess it to God Almighty, here is your moment. Please take it. Praying something like this, God, I have sinned and I am sorry. God, there is so much in my life that would distance me from the table. God, there is so much in my life that's standing before you. Holy God, you know it all. You know it is wrong. You know that I have not done right in my life, Father. I understand that the penalty of sin is death, Father. I understand that your wrath will not be satisfied unless there is a death. And I today, I believe, I put faith in the Son of, Son of God, Jesus Christ, that he died in my place, canceling the debt of my sin that is death, Father. I believe it. I accept it. I thank you that you give me a seat at the table. I thank you that you call me son or daughter. I thank you that you offer me life because you rose from the grave. I give you my life and ask ask that you would help me to live through the power of the Holy Spirit to be more and more like your perfect son every single day. In your name, amen. If you prayed that, (laughs) welcome to the family of God. There is a party in heaven for you. The table is erupting. (laughs) We celebrate that. We're not saying, oh, that 
guy. Oh, not him. No, we celebrate that you are with Jesus with us on your way out. Please grab a Bible that talks about following Jesus. There's a packet. There's a journal. There's everything there. Please grab one on your way out.